0: Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John.
1: And we're on a mission
0: to help you focus on Christ. Well, we left you guys last time talking about big words of the Bible. Yep. And uh,
1: big meaning in the yeah, words, you know, yeah. even though maybe a couple of the words may not be that big as far as, you know, number True. of letters. But it's sure big in concepts.
0: Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of those occasion words. Yeah. You know, a, yeah. Right. Justification, sanctification, vacation, vacation. Yeah.
1: Is that one? <laughs> no. We
0: need to find that one. Yeah. It's like, you know, Jesus didn't get much in the way of vacation, you know, and so he'd go off by himself and then the next thing you know, here's oh, the crowd, Oh my goodness, right? there they
1: are. Yeah. yeah. And then he would have compassion on them and right. take the time to meet almost every need. Yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, I I don't want to leave justification yet. I know we've probably touched that because it's hard not to. Well,
0: I mean, you you know, we can certainly justify looking at it. We can, can not we?
1: That's for sure. Well, uh, maybe to start off to just simply say uh, justification is being declared righteous Mm -hmm. by God. So God has declared those of us who were sinners through the work of Christ on the cross and him becoming sin. Now we are declared righteous through our faith.
0: It's uh, it's kind of interesting because you know in our in the U.S. legal system, um, you're not found innocent;
1: you're mm-hmm. found
0: not guilty.
1: Okay, mm-hmm.
0: and and uh, the implication is that well they couldn't prove that you did it, um, but they're not going to say that you're innocent. Okay, God takes that a step way beyond. Because he uses the innocence of Jesus to declare us innocent. Right. Now justification literally means to be declared just.
1: So you got the negative. Yeah. And you have the positive. The negative is we are declared not guilty. That's saying it in a negative way. The positive is we're declared righteous. Yeah. So to remember that. I I think um, uh, if we would remember that... uh, Romans 3, Galatians 3, Titus 3, uh, all of those chapters are pretty heavy-duty filled with justification. Mm -hmm. I went to my concordance, looked up the word justified, justification justified, and pretty much you're led to Romans 3, 4, and 5, and uh, Galatians 3, and Titus 3, 17. And that's a bulk of, of justification is found right in those passages, and they're powerful very, very powerful. So everybody needs to get that justification thing.
0: Very much.
1: Just as if I'd never sinned. I think we talked about that. That's a good thing. But it's amazing to me when you talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that those of us who are very well acquainted with sin, as a matter of fact, I believe that it's impossible in and of ourselves to ever be perfect or to be holy but we are declared holy by what Jesus Christ, the perfect Savior, did for us. is through the work of Christ, and there is no other way that we can be declared righteous but through the work of Christ. That's the only way, and uh, I think there's a lot of people these days trying to uh, talk about other ways because, you know, they don't want anyone to be lost, and right. so let's just uh, do it this way. Let's allow many ways to Christ, but.
0: Well, you know, and there are many ways to Christ. Yeah. But he's the only way to heaven. To heaven. Yeah. And he's the only way to the Father. Mm. Um, Mm. And I think that's where there's a little bit of confusion because everybody's got a different story about how they met Jesus. I mean, even just look through the stories in the New Testament and, and in the Old Testament, all the different ways that he appears to people, um, there's so many. And so, you can't say all roads lead to heaven, but there's a lot of roads that lead to Jesus, and he's the one road that leads Mm. to heaven.
1: Yeah, so if you're talking about many different ways to proclaim the gospel, or to present the gospel, or...
0: Maybe some of that. Mm. Well, I mean, you've got to, it's sort of like, you know, Paul said... um, I'm I'm going to butcher the verse, but you know you know when he said basically I'm all things to all men so that I might win some
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know so right. part of what he's saying I, when I was in high school <laughs> I said yeah you know like Paul when he said um, when in Rome do as the Romans do. <laughs> <laughs> And our Sunday school teacher said, "Um, I don't think that's in the Bible. I don't think that's what Paul said. Uh, It's not what he said, but it is kind of what he meant. He didn't mean do all the... I see
1: how you went there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He didn't mean do all the bad stuff they're doing, but he meant, you know, adapt to their needs. Mm. You know, it's just like Jesus, you know, he didn't preach his message the same way to every person. You know, like the woman at the well is one of my favorite examples, and we talked about this before, but... How did he meet her? He met her alone. Why? Because she would have been absolutely intimidated any other way. Mm. You know, mm. she she went in the middle of the day to draw water so she could avoid people. Um, she was intimidated by their stares, by the shame, um, by her past and her current living. And um, Jesus saw through that. It, it brings me to the idea... We want justification is a good segue into our next big word, which is sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, and sanctification is is meaning essentially meaning to be made holy. And you, you know you think about the items that were placed in the temple. Okay, these were all considered holy. Well, why were they holy? Um, well, they were made with intention, um, and they were purified and they were cleansed. And, you know, the menorah didn't start out. The, the, the lampstand, you know, the, didn't start out as a lampstand. It started out as ore. And it had to go through the refiner's fire. And it had to be made into pure gold. And then it had to be cast. And there's a process of sanctification of being made holy.
1: And there still is, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I find it interesting, um, the um, the word in in Greek in our New Testament that is translated sanctification in some uh, translations is, um, I'm going to butcher this, but it's <laughs> ha- hagiosmos, which is also translated holiness, dedication. um and the word essentially means several things. It does mean a purification. Um, and so there's, there's that sense of getting made worthy, justified, made worthy so that you can be acceptable in the presence of God. But then there's also the idea of devotion mm-hmm. to service. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a personal sense, it's, it's devoting yourself to God. Yes. giving yourself to him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah so when I'm, when I'm being sanctified or the process of sanctification, I think, you know, we present ourselves to Christ. And I found in my life that uh, sometimes you just, it's a constant presenting, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, here I am again, Lord, you know, because we can't be perfect. And that's a frustrating thing uh, to, to, to make this clear kind of in our hearts and minds that God wants a holy vessel. So he makes us holy and he says in his word, I have made you holy. Now be holy. Well, that doesn't make sense unless you look at that in, in, in the terms of sanctification. Mm-hmm. So God is the one who makes us holy, makes us righteous, justifies us. And now he sets us apart to live a holy life. That's his will for us. Uh, we are now, we become um, a part of the building of God. We are spiritual stones that God uses to build you know, his church, his, his body, uh, and we are to do then the work of Christ. And uh, we need Him. We need His power. So it's not only being saved by faith. We now have to live by faith, right? Right? Because all of this is done by faith. Because if you try to do it on your own, you're going to get frustrated.
0: <laughs> I, I like still the analogy with the instruments in the in the temple because, you know, those were made holy, and they were dedicated, devoted to use in the temple, in the worship and service of God, it wasn't intended to take out into the street and be used for right. an ignoble purpose. Okay? You know, if you've got a goblet that's dedicated to service in the the temple, um, well, you're not going to take that goblet and use it to feed your Mm-hmm. animals and and I think it's similar with us and and um, there's a tendency because we still live in flesh you know we're we're trapped in this human condition um, until the next big word <laughs> um, but when we're trapped in this human condition we're all going to have those moments we're all going to fall into our sin. And I think that's where we have to remember that our justification, our righteousness, our sanctification, it does come from Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And he's the one who makes us holy and perfect and blameless uh, because we're certainly not blameless without him. Um,
1: No, and I think it's important, I think it's important that uh, we incorporate His saving work mm-hmm. into our daily lives, and that we we really share and live the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I think that's kind of where it is. There's so many people that I run into that live in guilt. Oh yeah, and uh, they're living in this guilt, and uh, they're claiming to be Christians. And sometimes the longer they've been Christians, the more guilt they have. They they have weighing down upon them. You know, but the good news is great news, really, because not only did Christ take care of the sin problem, he took care of the guilt problem because he forgave us of the guilt. He took the guilt away. He who hangs on a tree, the Bible says, you know, uh, saves from sin and that's and from guilt. And that guilt, I think, is really important for all of us to, to allow Christ to deal with in our lives so that we can. Uh, be fit vessels to be used uh, by him.
0: I think that's so important because, you know, one of the things that, that people outside of the church struggle with is, is shame and guilt and pointing fingers. And uh, I think a lot of folks feel like that's all they get from Christianity. Yeah. That's all they get from Christians. Um, and, you know, in, in a lot of respects, they're not wrong. I mean, they're not wrong. Um, Look at our our culture wars, you know, if you want to call it that, where, you know, you got people of faith on on one side of this thing and they're pointing fingers and calling for this and for that. And and some of that gets a little hostile and a little self-righteous and a little judgmental. And, um, you know, we need to remember that uh, the only purpose really, for shame and guilt, is for me to be able to recognize my need
1: for Mm -hmm. a Savior. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Jesus doesn't keep beating me over the head with that stuff. Mm -hmm. He doesn't keep pounding me with that stuff. You know, he he never beat the woman over at the well with that. You know, he, he pointed out her sins, you know the woman who was caught in adultery. Well, everybody pointed out her sins. Um, he didn't hold that against her. He didn't shame her. And but
1: he did point out the Pharisee's sins when he said, absolutely. "He who is without sin, cast the first stone." Right. which left them in a predicament. They had right. to drop their stones and walk away. The ones they had in their hands. Yeah, it's it, it's it's one of those things that um, I think the woman at the well. The woman caught, you know, in the act of adultery. Uh, the who, whatever your sin becomes or is, uh, to have that dealt with, but to have that removed, and that's what that's what Jesus did. He he removed our sin. He redeemed us. He restored us. So God is in the business of restoring us back to a place where we can be useful, right? Because sin kind of. It wraps you up in a ball and and uh, works, trying to work it all out on your own. All of this stuff, I think, is the devil's tool uh, to use all this legalism and all these things to uh, nullify us and to nullify our usefulness for Christ. But don't you think that, not maybe not everybody, but don't you think that most people are kind of searching for the wisdom of God, even though they may not know it?
0: I think... Everyone wants to have some sense of, why am I here? Okay. What's my purpose? Yeah. Um, is there a God? Um, everybody has to wrestle with that kind of question.
1: How can, how can I be a good person? Yeah. How am I supposed to live this life? How, how do I deal with these burdens and these sufferings? How do I get rid of this fear? How do I deal with this guilt? How do I deal with the hurt? How do I deal with interpersonal relationships? I mean, all this living life, really, when you come to God and you find in the wisdom of God the right way uh, to, to, to live, uh, then that brings, what, joy and peace and love and all of the blessings and all of the good gifts uh, that are eternal in our lives. And I think people are searching for that. And I think that we have a responsibility to live the kind of life uh, that is wholesome that is transparent, that is authentic, uh, that is loving, that is accepting, is receiving, um, so that we can help help people out with this. And if we're all tied up and we are not allowing ourselves to grow, to be sanctified, um, then I think what we do is we negate our purpose and why God placed us here uh, in order to be a blessing to Help people with the wisdom of God. to show people how to live. That's discipleship. That's another big word.
0: Discipleship. discipleship. So that is yeah. a big
1: word. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. Some heavy stuff. Um, I am. I'm so thankful that um, you know Jesus launched that process for mm-hmm. us, and that uh, He's so forgiving and understanding when we do fail. Um, So that not only can we lay down our our sin uh, at his feet, but we can lay down our shame and our guilt Mm -hmm. um, at his feet, too. Um, One of my favorite little verses is when I'm reminded, and I think it's in James where he says, you know, uh, even though we are faithless, he is faithful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even in those moments where uh, it just all falls apart for us, uh, God is still there with us, and uh, we'll talk about that more uh, when we get to another big word in our next yeah. episode. So, well, what's the next big word we're talking about today, Jack?
1: Well, I think if you look at justification and sanctification, I think the next thing to look at is probably glorification, yeah. uh, to take the story um, you know, and make it all kind of tied up in a nice bow and present it to folks. The end result of all of this is um, an eternal life with a new body, Mm -hmm. without sin, uh, in a place where we can be in the presence of God all the time, worshiping, glorifying, and serving Him. So I think that's the end result. And I think the word we have for that is glorification. We are then glorified, which, by the way, Nobody deserves this. Absolutely. Nobody deserves this. And by the way, it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody comes broken. Mm -hmm. Everybody comes broken. So don't use that as an excuse to keep you away from God or Jesus Christ. Come in your brokenness and have him take you and then sanctify you, justify you, and eventually glorify you eternally in the heavens.
0: When I was a little boy, um, our pastor used to tell this story. He told it, you know, several times. And and there's honestly sometimes nothing wrong with repetition because it helps burn something into your mind. Uh, but he was trying to give an example of Jesus loving us and how much it means. And when we look at ourselves as broken, um, I think sometimes we're forgetting who made us.
1: Yeah. True.
0: You know, True. because yes, we're broken, but we're also his. We're already his. God made us. And the story that the pastor
1: told is... I didn't know if you were going to get back the, to that yeah, or Yeah, this little boy. Yeah, the, no, this little
0: boy. <laughs> you never know. You never my, know. My mind might have gone... <laughs> <whoop>! <laughs> um, this little boy, he, he makes this model ship, okay? And he... Uh, he spends all this time on it. He studies it, he, all the, the craft, and he makes it. And then he, it's such a good ship. It's not like just one that he made to put on display, but to use. And he sets it in the, the water. Well, it gets away from him and goes into the stream. And, and he never sees it. It's gone. And then one day... He's walking in the town, and he sees in the, the shop, in the window, his boat. Somebody had taken the boat, or found the boat, you know, and had cleaned it up, you know, fixed the sails, whatever, and, and had set it in the store window. And so the little boy goes in and says, that's my boat. And the shop owner says, well, it, you're going to have to pay for it. Because that, that boat is mine, and it, I've got it in my store window. So the little boy takes what he's got. He takes all that he's got, and he pays for that boat, and he gets it back. And he says to the boat, this was the object lesson, he says, You are twice mine. I made you, and I bought you. Um, and even more so with us and Jesus, because he bought us with his own blood. He bought us with his life. It wasn't just money that he had that he had to fork out and buy it from a shopkeeper. No, he paid with his own blood, and we are twice his. He made you. So when you're broken, you've got to understand that's not by God's design, and it's not what he wants for you, and it's not what he sees in you.
1: Well, let's move it then into heaven yeah. with yeah. another story. Yeah. Can I tell another story? So heaven. So to move into heaven... Uh you know you hear the stories of C.S. Lewis. Right? And uh he he had a great you you as an author would appreciate I'm sure his writings oh, absolutely. the Chronicles of Narnia and some of these stories are just wonderful right. stories and this is one of those uh about the uh the fellow that gets to heaven and this is not the way it is biblically folks <laughs> but this is a story by C.S. Lewis he gets to St. Peter at the gate you know and he's got this lizard He's holding this ugly lizard. It's just a big old lizard, you know. And uh, St. Peter looks at him and says, "Uh, you can't come in with that lizard. And uh, he says, but this is my lizard. I love this lizard. He's been mine for a long, long time. And St. Peter says, I don't care. Uh, That lizard has not been redeemed. You can't bring that lizard. That's of the old life and the old world. That's things you're holding on to. to. You've got to kill that lizard. And the lizard... You know, he, he looks up, he has the word, kill the lizard. And the guy looks and he, he says, I can't, I can't kill this lizard. It's been mine for too long. And so, uh, same, I think it's an angel rather than St. Peter. I think that an angel is there. The angel said, takes the, his hand, puts it around the neck of the lizard, and he squeezes and the lizard squirms. And finally, it just kind of goes limp and he throws the lizard to the ground dead. And then something happens to the man, and something happens to the lizard. The man begins to change, and he begins to grow, and he goes from looking like me to look like Mike, <laughs> you know, all strong and, and hard and, you know, cut and built. And the lizard comes to life and becomes a beautiful white stallion. Oh, there you and go. then he says, now, get on your stallion and ride into the gates of heaven. And so that's the glorification thing in a really pathetic way I told that story, (laughs) but uh, you get the idea. The idea is that we get a new body and the things of this world aren't worth taking into heaven at all because there are gifts and and, uh, things that God has prepared for us. Uh, He says, uh, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or abiding places or rooms in my Father's house, and I go to prepare a place, and if I go and prepare a place, I'll come again, and I'm going to receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. So we're going to hear the words, hopefully, as we serve God, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord, and then we get to move into God's house kind of, you yeah. know, a dwelling place that Christ has has made not made by human hands but made by God forever in the heavens. And I can't even talk about this without smiling mm. because you're thinking about these promises and and what's available. And the older you get and the more things begin to hurt and fall apart, the more you kind of look at that promise and think, you know, that's not going to be such a bad deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that by the time I get to my death date, that I will say, "Don't cry for me, cry for me if I'd lived any longer, because mm-hmm. it was getting worse and worse and worse and is falling apart." But now, you know, the hope is that uh, we will forever be in the heavens with Christ. That's glorification. Once again, Beautiful. by our faith. Yeah.
0: So. I- Jack went to a beautiful place there with his thoughts, and uh, I'm just thinking, I want a dazzling white stallion to (laughs) (laughs) ride,
1: and look like (laughs) Mike.
0: Oh, maybe
1: a little handsomer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. (laughs)
0: Well, I think we're all going to be more handsome, uh, but I also think it's not going to matter. No, no. Yeah, it's not what we're going to be worried about. So, well, guys, those are some big words, big words from our big book, uh, from our even bigger God. Um, So, yeah, I hope that, you know, these challenge your heart and your mind and get you thinking. And and above all, we hope that uh, the things that we say Help us all to keep our focus on Jesus. Because I'm telling you, there are too many things in this world that want to steal all of that mental, emotional, spiritual energy um, and distract you from Jesus.
1: Finish this scripture. You will know
0: the truth. And the truth will set you free. And the
1: truth will set you
0: free.
1: We have been set free and now we can become what God has designed us to be through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's, that's beautiful.
0: Amen. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time.
1: Yep. Come back see us.